0: Welcome to the Sports Spectrum Podcast, where faith and sports collide. Here's your host, Jason Romano. Welcome everyone to the podcast. My name is Jason Romano. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program today. This is episode number 88. As always, we appreciate you downloading and subscribing to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you're listening, we appreciate you checking us out. And as always, all of our content can be found at sportspectrum.com. And you can partner with us and become a member of the Sports Spectrum family for just $36 for an entire year. It gets you our quarterly magazine as well as helping fund all of the awesome content that we're putting out here at Sports Spectrum, including this podcast, including Football Sunday, which was seen by over a million people on Super Bowl Sunday in churches across the nation as well as the increase in all of our content, one coach, all of the stuff that we have in the Sports Spectrum family, that $36, when you become a member, helps fund and keep us going to be able to produce the content and stories on the intersection of sports and of faith. Today's guest, he wears number 18 for the New England Patriots. He is a special teams ace and wide receiver. His name is Matthew Slater. A lot of NFL fans may not know Matthew Slater because he doesn't catch many passes. He's caught one in his entire career. He's not on the field when Tom Brady's on the field, but he plays his role and he plays it with excellence because he is a seven-time Pro Bowler, seven consecutive Pro Bowls. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion and has played in four Super Bowls. He's a four-time first-team All-Pro, and Matthew Slater also happens to be the son of Of the legendary offensive tackle Jackie Slater, who played 20 seasons in the NFL with the Rams, played seven Pro Bowls, and was named and elected to the Hall of Fame back in 2001. So Matthew Slater comes from a family of football, Hall of Fame football players and having grown up with a dad who did it as good and as well as any player at the offensive line position in the NFL. And Matthew is doing the same thing now as a special teams, a seven-time Pro Bowler, and maybe one of the greatest, if not the greatest, special teams player in the history of the NFL. Now, Matthew has a decision to make soon, or I guess the Patriots do, because free agency is coming up March 14th, and Matthew is an unrestricted free agent. And I asked him in the podcast about what that means and coming back to New England and wanting to play and continue his career with the Patriots, but just the sort of indecisiveness and uncertainty. That comes with being an NFL free agent and not knowing if a team wants to have you back and pay you what you're worth and all that. So this podcast is really good because we talk about Matthew's faith. We talk about growing up the son of a Hall of Famer. We talk about losing the Super Bowl and just literally talking to him two weeks after having lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl 41-33. to And we also ask him about his future and what that looks like. So I think you guys will like this podcast. Super guy. Really tremendous guy he is and one of the best special teams player in the history of the NFL. Here he is, number 18 for the New England Patriots, wide receiver, special teams ace, Matthew Slater. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you so
1: much for having me.
0: Man, it's good to talk to you here in uh, Arizona. It's been a great time spending this week with you and so many other guys. and um, We're just a couple weeks removed from Super Bowl 52. I know it's a little... There's a, there's a, you know, some pain there. Obviously, the Eagles win the Super Bowl and beat your Patriots, 41 to 33. Is it possible to look back at that game and find anything positive from that experience, or because you've been on both sides now, and you oh, yeah. won the year before, you lose this year? I just wonder, from the loser side, the losing perspective, how you've been able to kind of process, you know, the game and really finding anything positive out of it.
1: That's a great question. Initially, it's very difficult. Um, You spend the better part of a year with the same group of guys working towards a common goal and you overcome so many obstacles along the way to get to the final game. And I'm so proud of the effort our team made in getting to that game and the way that we competed in that game. And Initially, you feel as though the season was a failure, but I think now, a little over two weeks removed from the game, you look back upon uh, what we were able to accomplish as a team, but more importantly, uh, what I really appreciated about this season was the, the the way that the guys in the locker room were invested in one another. Mm. And that really made the season worthwhile. That really made uh, the experiences that we had on the football field that much more enjoyable, that much more memorable. And I think all in all, you know, it was a successful season. Um, And and we're thankful for for what we were able to accomplish.
0: How about off the field this year? I know you were part of our Football Sunday video that people can go on YouTube and watch, just some of the cool things dynamically happening in the Patriots' locker room. How about from a spiritual perspective this year, what you saw from yourself, from the guys in the locker room?
1: Uh, You know, this year uh, I saw a lot of growth. Uh, We have a great leader in place in Jack Easterby, who's our team chaplain. And I think all year long he challenged us uh, with the idea of being glory reflectors mm. and understanding that uh, what we do on the football field, uh, who we are in life, how we lead at the home, um, how we uh, deal with our families, it's all a reflection of, of what God is doing in our lives and, and how he's worked on us and how ultimately who we are comes down to what he's done. So I think for us spiritually as a team this year, there was a lot of growth. We had a lot of guys that were gifted in different ways spiritually. And I really think we gelled. I think, you know, oftentimes the word brotherhood is used, and I think it was appropriate for for our group this year. I think the relationships that we built were much deeper than than uh, than football and what mm. happened on Sundays. It was about being invested in one another, as far as families are concerned, as far as uh, children are concerned. And I'm so grateful um, for the the growth that we had together uh, spiritually and and as a family this year.
0: Have you thought about the fact that this might be your last game as a Patriot? You're now a free agent, and that's new territory in some ways for you. Um, What's that process going to look like? I know March is free agency, and that will kind of play itself out, but have you thought about that
1: at all? You know, I have thought about it. Uh, You spend 10 years in one location with a lot of special memories, uh, having met and built relationships with a lot of special people and you do understand in the back of your mind that it's going to come to an end at some point and your only hope is that you can keep pushing it out longer and longer that the lord will allow you to be there one more year one more year but you know my wife and i are excited about what the future holds for us and our family Uh, i think it's really put us in a position where we have to fully trust and rely on the lord and and we're excited to see what the next chapter is for us Uh, you know our prayer is that it's back in new england but you know we want to be walking in the Lord's will and we're excited uh, for whatever that's gonna look like. You
0: play such a unique position and what I mean by that is you're a wide receiver so if people look at your card Matthew Slater wide receiver you've caught one career touchdown or one career pass reception mm-hmm. in the regular season we'll talk about the pass in a minute <laughs> okay but I want to talk about because I think that's an interesting story but I want to talk about just the unique position that you play and knowing mm-hmm. your role. You know, so much about football is you doing your job. That's what your mm-hmm. coach Belichick mm-hmm. says, do your job and knowing your role. Talk about being a special teams ace, what that looks like and knowing your role because you're not on the field on every play, right. uh, but you're still on the team. And there is a there is a purpose and a role for you, and you've, you've embraced that role.
1: Certainly, yeah. You know, the one thing that I learned when I came to New England was that um, – championship teams need championship caliber role players and everyone on the football team can't be tom brady throwing for 500 yards or can't be brandon cooks julian edelman um can't be a you know a defensive end that's that has 20 sacks a year right everyone's asked to do something specific on a football team and in my case it's been to play in the kicking game and as a receiver uh by trade or in you know by position only, <laughs> by it title? seems like by <laughs> title only, right? Uh, that was a bit of an adjustment uh, for me, but once I understood that concept um, and understood that hey, I can do my job at a high level, and in turn, that's going to help this team have success. Uh, it was something I became really excited about, and uh, really, really fortunate to be in the role that I that I've been in for the period of time that I've been in it. Were uh, where I'm in a unique place, where I have a coach that really appreciates and respects that aspect of the game. Mm. The culture is built, is, is in place where the team respects that aspect of the game. So, uh, really thankful to have been in New England in such a unique. Uh, capacity for all these years
0: and being recognized by your peers because special teams is not glamorous right Uh, it's not means nobody Uh, nobody's watching the special teams guy on espn you know in the highlights it just doesn't happen right and yet it's such a unique job and you're being recognized for that seven pro bowls i mean that's not obviously anything to to say oh you know it's just another player Mm. no this guy is making an impact on Mm. teams that are playing in the postseason every single year so kudos to you
1: well yeah very humbling uh to be recognized by your peers is, is one of the better guys at what you do uh, I think um, there's so many good players in this league that don't get the credit that maybe they deserve because as you said those downs are not glamorous downs that's right um, but you know, I'm thankful that the Lord gave me a, a desire and, and instilled in me a work ethic and I try to hold up my end of the bargain and he's given me you know opportunity and talents and great people around me that have really helped my career flourish, flourish and uh you know, I'm just so thankful because I'm not a self-made man. I'm not a self-made player. Uh, I've just been the uh, the beneficiary of great circumstances, uh, good fortune, and the Lord just working in my life.
0: And what's interesting, we're talking to Matthew Slater here on the podcast, if you recognize the last name, you grew up with a Hall of Fame playing football dad. Jackie Slater, mm-hmm. of course, 20 years in the NFL with the Rams, all with one team might I add, but not the glamorous position, the offensive line, you know, Eric Dickerson's getting the glory, not Jackie Slater. Right. But he was recognized in a very similar way to the way your job is different positions. Of course, tell me about growing up in, in uh, California with a dad who played in the NFL and played at a high level and what that kind of looked like for you as a kid Uh, not just from a spiritual perspective, but even just kind of the coolness of having a dad that played in the NFL.
1: Oh, man, Uh, such a unique experience. Uh, Mm. As a youngster, you know, I was 10 years old when my dad retired. So as a youngster, to be able to go in the NFL locker rooms with players that I loved watching on Sunday and just running around in the weight room, taping my wrist, ankles, wearing wristbands, you know, uh, just so many great memories of of time spent with my dad uh, as a part of the Rams organization, and, you know, as a kid, uh, having my father present in the home, I wanted to be like my dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he played football, and his love for football was something that he shared with me. So it was just such a cool experience for myself. And then later on, my brother, when he came along, uh, a, lot of, a lot of fond memories of, of football with Dad.
0: Absolutely. Now, if I could ask you to pick the one crucial thing you've learned from your dad through all the years. Maybe you're still learning it right now in the season you're in. What would that one thing be? Say, so if I say, what? give me the one thing you learned from Jackie Slater, the dad, what would it be?
1: Well, my dad was, was the one who shared Christ with me. And ultimately, that's impacted every decision uh, in my life. It's impacted every experience in my life. Uh, it's changed my life entirely. And I can't thank my dad enough for his commitment to Uh, Number one is Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but secondly to our family and being present there, being vocal, leading us in such a way where we understood, okay, uh, our dad not only talks about this, but he's living it out. He's trying to humbly walk it out. And I'm so appreciative uh, to my father for him being the man that he was and is and the way that he tried to represent himself in the gospel. And, and that's really carried me throughout not only my career, but my entire life. And and now as I try to lead as a father and, and, a, and a husband, uh, I owe so much to my dad.
0: Take us to the moment when he shared Christ with you. What, tell me where you were, what you remember about that time.
1: Well, we're in my room uh, sitting at the wooden desk that I used to have in my room <laughs> in my wooden chair with a felt uh, cover on it. I, I still remember to this day. And every night my dad would read to us, uh, stories from the Bible and he just had a unique way of making it seem like an adventure story he's got yeah. a, a unique delivery and yeah. he would pause for dramatic effect and that particular night he was a little bit more serious and he began to tell us about Jesus it was actually just him and I my brother wasn't there at the time mm. uh, he began to tell us about Jesus and and and, and explaining to me you know who Christ was, uh, why it was important that I knew Him, and what He had done for me, and how much He loved me, um, and understanding that I had sin, and that sin had to be uh, accounted for, and that Christ uh, came to account for that sin. And and He asked me if I wanted to put my trust in, and faith in Him. And at the time, as a seven-year-old, uh, theologically speaking, your grasp and understanding is going to be a little bit limited, but in my seven-year-old mind, I, I understood enough to say, hey, this is, this is something that's important. This is something that really matters. Yeah. And, and I decided to ask Christ into my heart. And from there, it's been a journey. It's been a, a nonstop journey. There have been ups and downs. There have been failures, setbacks. But I've, I've been fortunate enough to have so many people around me just spurring me and encouraging me to continue to see Christ ever since then. But it all started with my dad.
0: And now you're a dad. You're married, obviously. How do you pass on those lessons from, what do they call them, Grandpa, Papa? (laughs) How do they pass on those lessons from uh, Grandpa Jackie Slater now? How are you passing them on to your own kids?
1: Well, you know, the biggest thing I learned from my dad was just his humility and the way he modeled things out with his actions. Uh, My dad wasn't a great theologian, obviously. He was a football player, but uh, the way he lived his life, the way he dealt with people, the way he treated people, the, the humility with which he carried himself, Uh, I hope to model that for my kids because ultimately I can tell my kids a lot of things. Uh, I can try to tell them how to be, how to act, what to believe. But if they don't see me modeling it and living it out day to day, then it's going to be really hard for them to accept that. And I know that I'm charged as a father uh, to raise up uh, a son and a daughter who love the Lord Jesus and are going to be totally committed to Him. And I can tell them all about it, but if they don't see me loving their mother the right way, if they don't see me in my word, if they don't see me seeking God in prayer, it doesn't matter. So I hope that, uh, like my namesake before me, Jackie Slater, that I can lead uh, Jeremiah and Hannah Slater in a way that um, would point them to Jesus.
0: Talking to Matthew Slater here from the Patriots on the Sports Spectrum podcast. I want to talk to you about platform for a minute on a couple levels, because you're not on any social media. So you don't have this sort of online platform, which many of your peers and teammates and others do. So I wonder for you, you still have a platform, you're an NFL player, recognizing that platform, understanding that you can make a difference in people's lives and you can do that by sharing it through the biblical lens of Christ and what he has done for you. How have you seen over the years The platform that you've been given, and trying to turn that around and make a difference for other people.
1: Well, sir, it's funny. I'll address that social media. Yep. Um, You know, my wife and I. It's just something that uh, we've thought about and prayed on. And and personally, for us, it's not for us. I do think social media is a great platform, and I think you're able to reach a lot of people with the right message uh, and if it's handled in a responsible way I think it's a great tool but for us we just don't feel like it's for us Mm -hmm. but what we do feel like uh, is for us is building through uh, relationships Mm -hmm. I think our platform in the NFL has given us the opportunity to meet people experience things that we normally otherwise wouldn't have and I think we've tried to take advantage of those situations and circumstances to build relationships with people and a lot of the work that we do Uh, is really face-to-face we want to be you know involved uh, on the ground with our hands getting dirty trying to connect with people and meet them where they're at and I think ultimately the power of relationship is something that will never go away as much as we love social media.
0: Let's talk about a few specific topics from a biblical perspective as we get ready to close out here in our time. I want to hear your thoughts on them. The first is is waiting on the Lord, being patient. Mm. What does that look like? You're in kind of that season right now mm. as a free agent and just understanding God's plan is perfect, but that still requires a level of patience. What does patience look like for you as a man of God?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think there are a lot of layers to that question. We could probably do another podcast on it. probably could. But I think, you know, what we have to understand, there's a difference between our timing and what we think is best for us when we want it and God's timing. And I think when when you're in those seasons of life, when you're waiting and, and there's uncertainty involved, it puts you in a position where you either or yourself to death or you surrender and put your trust in him and and when you're able to put yourself in a position of uh... uh total dependence on jesus christ uh, it really grows your faith and it really it really takes all the anxiety and angst off of you to go out and perform because you know hey it's out of my hands i gotta trust god on this and uh... you know i i, I had a friend said to me uh, when i first got in the nfl there are a lot of people who profess faith and they're people who possess faith. Mm. It's easy to profess it and say, I've got this faith here, but when you put in those positions of uncertainty, it really makes you act it out and hopefully you possess enough to trust them. It's really
0: good. Now, as an athlete, discipline is so important. Discipline in your diet, discipline in your regimen, discipline in working out, in running your routes and being in the precise place you're supposed to be, even if it's on special teams. Spiritual discipline, also extremely important in our walk with the Lord. Talk about discipline and what that means for you.
1: I mean, it's so important. I don't think you can be overstated at all. Um, The discipline that it takes to follow Christ uh, can never be overstated. I I think we're in such a critical time in the history of the world, in the history of man. um, The call from the world is really strong, and I think if you're not disciplined and getting into your word to understand and establish the truth of God from the lives of the world if you're not uh, disciplined and praying and communicating with the Lord to be able to hear from him and make sure you're not hearing from yourself and from voices in the world it can really make it hard for you so I think that spiritual discipline of prayer and that spiritual discipline of getting in your word to start is is so important and it's not a you know, once every couple of weeks, it's got to yeah. be every day because the enemy is not taking any time off. You have to be on it every day. And if,
0: any, if anybody knows that, it's athletes, right? You can't do it. You can't run your routes every two weeks and expect to be as you know effective as you would if you ran them every day, right?
1: Exactly, and that's a great point. Uh, I couldn't have made a better comparison myself. If if you go out there just hoping to make a play in football, thinking, all right. We'll see, I'll show up at the game and see what happens. That would be foolishness. Uh, And I think proper preparation is key uh, in football. And and more importantly, it's key in in your walk with Jesus.
0: Lastly, I want to ask you about discipleship, just what it looks like to be discipled and to disciple someone else. I know you're a team leader in that locker room. You're a captain. What does that look like for you from a discipleship perspective, not only being disciple, but also discipling others?
1: I think uh, a common theme on both ends of that is humility. I think uh, when you're being discipled, I think you have to humble yourself to the point where, hey, uh, there's someone that knows more about this than I do, and how can I learn from them? Um, And I think that relationship of being uh, poured into by another man, in my case, is huge uh, because we're in this together. Uh, the Bible calls us to walk out our salvation together. We're built for relationship, so to have someone that can pour into your life, um, who's confident and comfortable in the Word of God, who's been, uh, who's been disciplined in their studies and praying yeah. for years and years is very important. And then, likewise, when you're when you're trying to disciple someone and tell them about the Word of God and and show them, hey, this is what this Christian. Um, life looks like, I think it takes a lot of humility. I think uh, we look at servanthood and the way Jesus discipled the 12, you know, he humbled himself so much to come to their level, meet them where they were, and to instruct them from there. And I think as you're discipling, uh, you have to have that same approach. So humility is a common thread uh, on both sides of the coin.
0: This has been great talking to you, my friend. We asked this uh, last question to many of our guests. We even asked it in a couple of live podcasts that we've done at the conference that we're both at right now. What has God been teaching you in this season of life right now? What are you learning from the Lord during this moment where you are right now?
1: You know, it's, it's been a year of adversity for me. Um, I had a tough injury uh, back in training camp, and it, it kind of was with me all year long. And I think God has really really called my heart to examine where its identity lies Mm. Uh, and it's so funny we heard that that word today here at the conference but you know identity is so important in a man's life understanding who he is um, whose image he was made in well you know who am I I think a lot of us have that question well as it comes to life and if you don't know who you are it's hard to understand uh, what your purpose is and and where to go with it. So for me, um, understanding that my identity is not as a football player. Um, I'm at a point in my career where it's late in my career. I don't know what the next step is. I don't know what the Lord has in store for me. But regardless uh, of what that is, whether it's to continue playing in New England, continue playing somewhere else, or to transition out of the game of football, uh, the Lord has reminded me this year that you're my son. And that's the most important thing. Everything you do, you act with that in mind, that you're my son and I've got you covered. And he's really challenged me with that in a lot of ways this year. And I'm, like, I'm excited to see what he does moving forward. So
0: good. This has been Matthew Slater from the New England Patriots, seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ, four-time, I believe, AFC champ. And I just appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. been a great a pleasure to talk to you and just wish you nothing but the best.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And that was our conversation with Matthew. You could hear the background noise. That was at a conference recently that we got to sit down in Arizona, and there was sort of a lot of people roaming in the area, but I thought that the quality was pretty good, and you could still hear you know, my conversation with Matthew, and it wasn't too distracting. I will say this. In the beginning of the interview, I mentioned that he has caught one career pass in the NFL, and that I wanted to ask him about that. So in the podcast, as we started talking and keeping going, I completely neglected to come back to that question. That's my fault uh, in my interviewing uh, of Matthew that I forgot to ask him about that. So what I did was I called him and I taped just one question and one answer uh, a couple days later after this podcast was originally taped. And I just asked him about that moment, catching that one pass, what he remembers about catching that one pass in an NFL game and uh, what that was like for him. So take a listen to his answer and then we'll wrap it up on the back end. Let's go September 12th, (laughs) 2011. And I said you had one career reception. So take us to that game. It was a Monday night game against the Miami Dolphins. It was the opener, the first game of the season and take us to that game. What your memories are of that. And then we'll talk specifically about that catch.
1: Oh, you know Jason, that was a, a very unique uh, season. We were coming off the lockout, and actually, during the lockout, they changed the rule on kickoffs uh, and said they'd move uh, where we kicked the ball off up. so a lot of people were wondering how that was going to affect you know core special teamers like myself, mm. so I remember that off season spending a lot of time working my craft as a receiver, uh, trying to help my value for the football team and during training camp, I was able to get out there and play a lot of receiver. Had some success in the preseason, so when we got to that first week, uh, our offensive coordinator at the time, Bill O'Brien, uh, talked about me running a post route uh, out of a certain a certain set. Uh, it was pretty much a one man route, and you know he's like, "We're going to call this. We're going to call this. You're going to get in there and make a play." And you know, I'm thinking, "Oh, we'll see. We'll see if they call it." And we get in there. And the first drive of the game, uh, he calls it. And, uh, you know, like you said, Monday night down there in Miami, uh, Tom let it rip. And, you know, it was definitely a fond memory for me. Uh, haven't had a reception since then. So it's it is definitely one that I won't forget. Uh, Tom let it fly. It was fun to go down there and make a play on Monday night football.
0: So two things quickly that come to mind. Number one. That was the game where Brady threw like a 99-yard touchdown to Welker, am I right he on did. that? He did. And he threw yes. for like 510 yards, which was I think a record for an opener and you know one of the top four or five performances in the history of the NFL. So you got to be a part of that as well, right?
1: Yes, and, and that was pretty neat. I mean, that was Tom was throwing the ball all, all over the field that that night and you know to be a part of that to contribute 46 yards to to Tom's outstanding effort that night. And our team's outstanding effort, it was, it was a lot of fun for me.
0: So do you have the ball from that catch?
1: <laughs> I do not have you the don't. ball for that catch. I, I wish uh, if I could go back and, and take that ball and stash it, I would have. But uh, I wasn't thinking about it at the time.
0: So uh, what are the odds that you catch another pass in your NFL career? What do you think? You haven't caught one since, <laughs> but your position is wide receiver. And obviously we don't know where you're going to end up if you end up back in New England or in another team. But do you think you can get one more, just one more ball and catch it before the before your career is over?
1: You know, that, that certainly would be a lot of fun. Uh, it's not something that I think about a lot. Just because of the nature of the way my career has played itself out, but you never know, um, yeah. you never know what'll happen, um, and that's the beauty of of NFL football. There's a lot of uncertainty involved. You just try to do your best to prepare, and, and you see what happens. So we'll here's see. my
0: here's my last question. So do you run routes as a player? You're a special teams, a seven Pro Bowls in the you know in the NFL. So obviously you you've carved out your niche. But you are a wide receiver. You wear a wide receiver number number eighteen. In your time with New England, do you run routes and kind of participate in the wide receiver drills? Um, you know, over the years with the Patriots, have you
1: done that? I do. Okay. Uh, I sit in all the meetings, run routes. I know the playbook uh, fairly well. Having been in the offense now for ten years, and and you know the thing that I appreciate about the coaches and players here, although my role is what it is, they've always made me feel a part of things. Tom's always made me feel a part of the group as a receiver. The receivers have always made me feel part of it. The coaches have done the same, so I'm thankful for that, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, those guys are tremendous football players, and it's it's an honor for me to be in the room with them and learn the game of football from them, and it's been a ton of fun.
0: This has been great. Matthew Slater, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: And we really appreciate Matthew Slater for being a guest twice on this Sports Spectrum podcast, not only sitting down with him in Arizona for 25 minutes or so, but then being willing to get back on the phone and answer one more question for me uh, about a week later regarding his one catch in the NFL. So just what genuinely nice, uh, pleasant guy who, who is not full of himself one single bit. And it's refreshing to see, quite honestly, from an athlete in the NFL, and not just an athlete, but one of the all-time great players, not only in Patriots history, but in the history of the NFL from the special teams position Matthew Slater. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up as well. My gut thinks that he's going to return to New England. He's loved there. Bill Belichick loves him. He's one of the captains. Uh, But you never know. And, and, you know, the NFL is a not-for-long league. And, you know, teams have needs. And you just never know what happens. It's such an unpredictable league. But I hope Matthew Slater ends up with New England, ends up back in New England, and ends up retiring as a Patriot because that's where he... Uh, that's where he should be, and that's where he should uh, finish his career, in my opinion. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. As always, you can reach us on Twitter at sports underscore spectrum, on Facebook as well as Instagram, and you can email us, jason at sportspectrum.com. dot com. Also, go to iTunes and leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. Let us know that you heard the podcast, and it helps get the word out about Sports Spectrum and all that we're doing on the intersection of sports and faith. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time right here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast.